Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. We are delighted to be with you today to talk about all things homeschool high school. I am one of your hosts, Sabrina Justison, and I am here with Vicki Tillman and Kim Smythe. Three of the six at sevensistershomeschool.com. So who's the seventh sister? I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) You, dear listener, are the seventh sister. When you tune into the podcast or visit the blog, you are our sister. Hey, sisters. Hey, sisters. And brothers. (laughs) So we're, um, we're talking Olympics. Kim, in particular, loves her some Olympics. I am an Olympic junkie. I'm like a sports junkie in general, but I, I love the Olympics, especially because of the international flair and flavor. And I was so excited this past week. Um, if you know anything about women's basketball, um, Elena Deladon, who is the uh, current WNBA, is the most recent MVP um, and she's from Delaware. So, so we're yay! all interested. Even Woo-hoo! if we don't know basketball, we all know about her. That's right. She's like our second most famous citizen right yeah. behind <laughs> Vice President Biden right now. Um, and so anyway, because she's from Delaware, the U.S. Olympic women's basketball team that is now in Rio came to Delaware to play some exhibition games. So it was, it was four of the top teams in the world. It was oh Canada, Australia, which is number two, the U.S., which is ranked number one, and France, which I think is ranked number four. And we got to come and watch a doubleheader with these four teams, and it was just amazing. And you, so you went with your husband. I went with my husband. It was so cool. They did the national anthems, and everybody, oh. there was a lot of energy and yeah. hoopla. And, um, and you know, we, we sat right near the, the French team bench. So we got to hear them chattering uh, oui, en français, <laughs> right? And uh, But we had this funny little thing happen that my husband is going to tease me about forever, probably rightfully so. I'm an extrovert, and we were sitting there for quite some time, and we had these lovely seats on the front row for a whopping $16. I was so excited. Yay, Delaware. <laughs> um, and next to us, on the opposite side of my husband, were these two young women who had uh, press c- credentials, and Doug, being an introvert, would be very happy to sit there. He would smile at them, but, you know, he would mostly just watch the game and not cheer. There would not be any friendly interaction. No, no, just, you know, he might smile, but what have you. Uh, whereas I am cheering like a crazy person over the warm-up, you know, when Brittany Griner dunks right in front of me, but I missed it because I was looking away, and, and you know, and the crowd goes absolutely nuts when Elena Deladon gets introduced, and so I'm going crazy, so... Uh, partway through the first game, I leaned over to my hubby, my dear, dear hubby, and said, would you mind if we traded places? Because I'd really love to chat with the women next to you on the other side of you. And he looked at me and he said, you could get away with saying that. But if I said that, that would really be bad. And you would never let me hear the end of it. That would, that would, that would be weird. Yeah. So now I will never hear the end of it. <laughs> There's some very appropriate double standard built into that. Yeah, I'd like absolutely. to go talk to those women sitting absolutely. next to you. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. So the Olympics and the world coming together to play. And um, and the French chatter on the bench and the national anthems in all the different languages. Oui, oui. Perfect segue. Let's talk about world languages. World languages for homeschool high schoolers. Yay! 
Right. So we, in, in this little group of three who are clustered around the microphone today for the podcast, we have taught Latin mm-hmm. and French, French and Spanish, Spanish and, and Russian. And we think that it's fun. It's fun. Muy comico. Muy divertido. I don't remember how to say it in Russian. Sorry. (laughs) So we're just going to share some ideas, some of the different ways that we've taught world languages to homeschooled high schoolers and remind you as we share those stories that there is not one one right right way to to homeschool homeschool. or teach foreign languages. Yes, exactly. Um, so I think we decided we were going to start with me and, mm-hmm. and my Latin class um, because it was probably the most traditional approach to world language learning for high schoolers because I used a textbook. A textbook. And it was one of those like big shiny ones that you order from a real traditional textbook company. And each of the students had to have one and we did all of the exercises in them and it was pretty, um, pretty much that the syllabus wrote itself for me because I just followed, followed the, the text. text. Mm-hmm. And yet, strangely enough, it was fun. My Big time. youngest was in your Latin class. As was mine. Every time That's he taught it. it. Yes. And he loved every minute. He even liked doing the homework. Like, okay, see, that worries yes. me a little bit because I'm not sure why writing out declensions or conjugations is fun. But if, if your son liked it, he liked it. But so I, think it, I think it was the, the halo effect from having fun together in, class. in the class. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's the key. World languages are really wonderful if you can do them in a group setting. Their group settings are so nice. Now, we're, we're starting with talking about Latin because it is not a spoken language. It is a written language. People say it is a dead language. I don't know that I like the word dead because yeah. it shows up so many places and mm, breathes life over. into so many other languages. But So we did not have conversational Latin class experiences because that's just not really what you do. Like You translate stuff about battles a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and carts on roads. Carts I heard your class. Yes. Farmers. Yes. And, yes. Lots of farmers, and slaves. slaves. We had slaves. Yes, we did. Um, but see, that's the thing, right there. We had subject matter that was significantly beyond their normal everyday life, and it, it was is. exposure to another time in history and another place in the world. And there are so many amazing glimpses that they had gotten of the ancient Roman Empire through movies over the years and books. So we actually part of what made it fun was that we were actually translating things with vocabulary you wouldn't typically learn in your Spanish class, you know? Is slave one of the early words in the first couple of lessons in Spanish? I don't know if I've ever taught that word unless it came up somehow. I think that that was one of the first words that we learned in the lesson. So right there, it just opens up for um, interesting and amusing conversations. And we took the textbook as our guide and, and followed that, but We tried to do lots of fun things with the memorization elements. We marched around the room chanting our conjugations and our declensions. (laughs) Did you really? And when it got too hard right before a test, right before Christmas, we set set the, I believe it was third conjugation, 
maybe, verbs, <laughs> but we set the chant to learn all the endings and the forms for that. We set it to the tune of a Christmas carol, and then we went, we went all around the room singing the Christmas carol, and then there was still one of our students who was forgetting certain ones, so then we added hand motions that would help us remember. I love doing the hand motion thing. That's great. Oh, my word. That's it was good so much fun. And they learned. They learned their conjugations, mm -hmm. and they learned to translate about the slaves and the carts on the road. And um, and then we did, you know, fun supplemental things. We had a, a Roman feast, and we reclined on one elbow on the ground to eat grapes and cheese. And <laughs> as well, you should. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was pretty yeah. fun. It was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that was our experience with teaching a, a language that is not conversational, using a traditional textbook, following all of the pre-designed exercises in it, and still finding that we had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. and, and fun is really what helps things stick. Absolutely. Because kids are having fun. If there's some laughter or a little bit of embarrassment or something to go with <laughs> it, then it's going to stay in their brains better. And marching and chanting, you know, the hands on learning. Hey, hey, hey. All those learning styles at once, <laughs> shall we? Gotcha. Well, I remember when, when Sabrina was teaching Latin, like way back early on in your Latin teaching, and I was teaching Spanish, and we were sort of commiserating about how hard it was for the, some of the students to grab a hold of the conjugations. Mm -hmm. And we were resisting the whole idea of just kind of rote chanting, and we realized sometimes that's, that is what works best. Yeah. And so then we just kind of embraced it and owned it. Yeah, sometimes we, we create our own box for ourselves as homeschoolers, and we may not live in the box as far as traditional school, but sometimes we've gotten so stuck on, we've got to find some way to make this new and different and hip and cool. And sometimes when it comes down to the endings for a conjugation or a declension, you just need to memorize them. So find a fun way to memorize them. Yeah. But you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Language learning does work well with some of that stuff memorized. Absolutely. So you used just a plain old textbook. Yep. And, it, you know, you've looked at a bunch of different Latin textbooks. Mm -hmm. They're all pretty close. Pretty similar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. They all get you to the Gallic Wars one way or another. Wainy, weedy, weeky. Yeah, man. There's Sorry. the goal. <laughs> oh, oh, and here we go. Fun with Latin learning. So... The phrase that I just said, weeny, weedy, weeky. This is Caesar's famous phrase when he was asked, when he was a general before he was emperor. And he was asked by the emperor to report back on what he had done in Gaul. And his reply was three words. Weeny, which means I came. Weedy, which means I saw. And weeky, which means I conquered. I came, I saw, I conquered. But we decided that we would put a twist on it. And so near Christmas, I taught them to say, Wainy weedy weesa, which means I came, I saw, I did a little shopping with my credit card. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh dear, we're oh. laughing so hard that we're giving our computer feedback issues. <laughs> oh, great. Oh my gosh, that, I, that's awesome. But you know what? They're never going to forget that. <laughs> Being my whole day, <laughs> and that is so you, Sabrina. Poor, poor sister, I was like turning in his grave. I'm sure you know, and, and yeah, Ovid is just like not even speaking to me anymore. I know he's bad. I'm sorry. And my father was a classics professor, and if he hears this podcast, he will be mortified. <laughs> 
Okay, so enough about that. <laughs> Let's talk French. Yeah, tell us about French. taught French. So I, I taught French one-on-one with one of my kids. And, because we just didn't have time to do anything else. And that was fine. But it's boring. And, you know, it's necessary sometimes. And there are lots of materials out there that you can do one-on-one online. So, sidetrack. For the transcript, if you're doing French or Spanish or Latin on your own and you don't have a clear, like, syllabus kind of curriculum, like a traditional curriculum, it's hard to know when you earned your credit. Uh-huh. Like, like things like Rosetta Stone, you know, there, a lot of the interactive things that you do, you know, download mm-hmm. from online, um, don't have a set, like, you know, when you got your credit done, even on mm-hmm. some of the homeschool versions. So what you need to do is log hours. Beautiful. So you just keep a log sheet and then the kids know when they hit what the state requirement is for a credit, then they've, they've earned that they've first credit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all Good you can do. Track. Good yeah, very good yeah. sidetrack. Can so, I piggyback on that sidetrack? Yeah. Just one little thing I've learned from students coming into my Spanish two or three classes is at least in the Spanish, Rosetta Stone does very little to nothing with conjugating verbs. You bet. So if that's important to your language learning, you might need to supplement that if you use something like a Rosetta Stone. So because there's not one, one right, right way, way to, to do world languages. Language. Yeah. Yeah. So we did French a whole bunch of times as a group in our co-op and in our homeschool group classes. And that was so much fun because we could have conversations together. So part of every single class was either being in groups and writing a conversation or practicing a conversation or performing a conversation using the skills that they had learned. So that was, it was trying for the kids, but it gave the shy ones a kickstart, you know, get the... Yeah. But there's no other way to learn pronunciation better than saying it in front of people. And you you say it until you get it right, because you want to get it right. So And and hearing it over and over again, again. especially French pronunciations, which are Are a little challenging. (laughs) Um, So we also, every... Oh gosh, I guess every month we would have a verse that we were learning. Mm-hmm. And Bible I thought verse. that was valuable. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. So my my kids who are adults, you know, like even my 30 something kids uh, can still say that John 3:16 in French. I can still say it because we would chant it over like y'all did the declensions mm-hmm. in Latin. The whole class we would chant like the the scripture and we would learn phrase at a time until we would have it. So at the end of the year, they would have a whole set of phrases and the kids who went all the way through French French 3 or 4 had a bunch of French scripture that they had internalized. That is cool. That is very cool. And that's also going to bring in vocabulary words that would be different and would make it possible to, on a missions trip, to be in a church and recognize some words that wouldn't just right. be your normal conversational vocabulary. That's really cool. Yeah, some, some richness. So Absolutely. One of the things we did, and we learned some good things and some hard things about it, was uh, we would watch movies with the French subtitles or overdubbed in French. And uh, that was in the days before YouTube when we started doing that. And uh, I learned the hard way in one class that you always, <laughs> always, <laughs> always watch it first. Pre-screen your there videos, so... my friend. Is there a story there, Vicky? <laughs> For some reason, Vicky's face has gone this cute shade of pink. <laughs> so, 
the French culture has a little bit different um, standards. <laughs> so, you know, if we watch Les Mis, you know, right. the musical, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, it, we uh, Americans, we have one version of it. Uh, <laughs> the French movie. I had a little bit different of what they oh, showed yeah. appropriately on the screen. Yeah, Fontaine's <laughs> life was really not a squeaky well, they, clean story. They were showing Fontaine's fall oh, in, in a very graphic okay. thing. Oh, and so Seven Sister Marilyn's daughter was <laughs> in that class. <laughs> She, to this day, she reminds me of the trauma, the inappropriate material. Like, you never saw a teacher run for the stop button. <laughs> many French students went home that day and said that my French teacher ruined my life. Or, you know, so, always pre-screen. Always, <laughs> always pre-screen. Wow. Good so, so now that we're traumatized. <laughs> so how about Spanish? Let's start with Russian because my, my son enjoyed doing Russian with you. Oh, sure. We'll have to do a little Spanish segue yeah. is one day we watched Elf in uh-huh. with the Spanish language track and I thought that's pretty, pretty, you know, yeah, pretty, nice pretty clean, clean right? Yeah. Well, there's a scene that I didn't remember, and I still, now I just warn my students, because I think, you know, for our standards in our community, but I had one student, there's a scene where the uh, the girl in the, in the thing is taking a shower, oh, yeah. and he's sitting in another part of the bathroom singing, and the student had not seen the movie, and he thought it was going somewhere like the Fontaine scene. Uh. <laughs> and he's like, Mrs. Smythe, I don't think my mom would want me to watch this. <laughs> I said, it's okay. You can look away for a second if you want. All you're going to see is her arm and her face, I promise. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so over to Russian. Oh, I love Russian. I took Russian in high school for one year and in college for one year. And um, my youngest daughter, one day I just said something in Russian and I didn't remember much at all, so I probably said which means I speak Russian very well. That's what I, that's what I always say. I say that all the time. Yeah. But that was about the only Russian I remembered at that time. She's a mom. What is that? I said, oh, that's Russian. So I was very thrilled. She really wanted to learn Russian, and Vicky's son was very interested in learning Russian. And I have another girl that loved languages, so I was able to do some Russian for some of the kids. Okay, and, now wait, let me stop you for a second. So you can say the phrase, I speak Russian very well, but you took one year of high school, one year of college, so you're not fluent in Russian. I am nowhere close. <laughs> and yet you can teach a foreign language, even if you're not fluent in that language. Certainly. What I figured out is, honestly and truly, here's the, here's the real scoop. You just really need to be just one step ahead of the class. You really don't need to be proficient, fluent, anything else. Honestly, I would not even call myself fluent in Spanish anymore. I'm closer and closer, but, um, you know, this brain's a little old, and I don't speak Spanish with that many people other than my students right now. Um, Though I have started going to a Spanish worship service, and I'm having an absolute blast. It's been really fun. That's a cool idea. It's very cool. I've always encouraged my students to do it, and I never made the time to do it, and so I started (laughs) doing it. And God bless my hubby, who you heard about. He goes with me. Even though he knows, like, you know, queso, and uh, <laughs> and, and he pronounces quesadilla as quizadalala. So, um, but um, but yeah. So so uh, so back to the Russian. Yeah, you really don't have to. You and you can learn a language right alongside your student. You don't have to be able to 
be the leader in that. And it shows a really interesting side of you when your student, your your child, your student, when they see you as a co-learner. Well, and that's that's the beauty of homeschooling high school is we can't be experts in everything, mm -hmm. but we can learn together. Right. And there's nothing wrong with learning a language together. Correct. Excellent. Correct. Because there's not one right, right way, way to, to homeschool. homeschool. World languages, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and, and you, you'll find out with Russian is has a lot of similarities, actually, to, to the Latin um, in that it has declensions and that sort of thing, which is pretty challenging for some of us who have not done, you know, languages with declensions. Um, so that's something we worked a lot on. Um, the really cool thing about Russian, I think, is that it uses the Cyrillic alphabet. So y'all had to learn so a new alphabet. Learn the new alphabet, and it really helps if you don't, if you can let go of yourself a little bit and have mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. Because when I learned it in high school, and when I did it with my high school students, um, we went out and we went to the dollar store and we bought those lined pads of paper that have like the really big lines, mm -hmm. like the kids use when they're learning how to do printing and, and uh, cursive, and we worked and wrote letter after letter after letter in Cyrillic so that we could get the gist of it and, and made it fun. You know, we, mm -hmm. we, I said put music on, do different things, and we actually had this really cool opportunity. We got to go to a concert put on by a um, traveling um, choral group from Leningrad. Awesome. In this gorgeous cool. church with these incredible acoustics. It was mm. really, really neat. Um, so that was like, there's not as many opportunities to do Russian things Experience. outside of your classroom. Yeah. But we found one, which was really cool. So tell that one of the, the things that Kim is famous for is how much fun they have in Spanish class. So tell oh, that Senora, Senora has quite Senora the reputation yes. for having a fun classroom. Yeah, well, mostly because Senora has a short attention span and she has to keep, <laughs> keep it fun or else she kind of falls apart too. Um, but one of the things, sort of scrolling back around a little bit, is when the Olympics came the last time when they were in Sochi, both my Russian class and my Spanish class, we took a diversion from our... I, I start off with a textbook, mm -hmm. but I use it as a part of our curriculum. We also memorize Bible verses in Espanol, and we tried to memorize them in Russian, too. And I always start out my Spanish one classes with Jesus wept as, like, my gift to them. <laughs> and, like, they can get their feet wet, because anybody can say Jesus Yoro. Um, so I thought, cool, we'll do the same thing in Russian. Well, the word for wept in Russian is not, no kidding, like 19 letters long and only like three of them are vowels. Oh, my. So we kind of put that on hold, seeing as they didn't even know the alphabet yet. That was a little challenging. Oh, that's um, funny. But um, when, so when the Olympics were around, and especially because they were in Sochi, it was just such a cool thing to use. Um, so we did, um, in both classes, we learned vocabulary. And I had the students come up with the vocabulary that they wanted to learn about the Olympics. So we learned the words for Olympic Games and host city and different events and different, like we learned like, you know, ice rink and, and track and things like that. So pertinent to what they were watching on television. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was things then that we could go online on the internet and find stuff in the in the native language because of the Olympics being mm -hmm. such a right. mm -hmm. All the international thing. Were, mm -hmm. Right. So, um, you know, it's 
it's uh, and and uh, French and English are the primary languages of the Olympics. So right. if you're studying French, you can it's, always hear French. Yeah. I always think, why isn't it Espanol? <laughs> but you know, it just isn't. Um, so uh, so I love to play games with the students. Um, I actually had one class where they got tired of the games. <laughs> I and played they asked more for games. more textbooks. They yeah. said, can, can we not play a game today? And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so Bunch you have of to... type A kids? What's really? going on here? Really? So you kind of have to balance the needs That's of your cute. class um, and the students in the class and what their learning styles are. You know, some of them, they really do learn best. I, I the, the other thing I do is I do verb conjugations like until we're all sick of them. Because some students really need that to Indeed. get it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so I wish that I had a dime for every time I drew a conjugation chart on a whiteboard. Uh-huh. Um, and every year I say I'm going to figure out a way to make one that I can just reuse over and over again. <laughs> I haven't yeah. done it this summer yet either. Uh, but so I'll just draw blank conjugation charts and I'll put the verbs up at the top. And when we're first learning them, maybe we'll do them together. And then I'll have individual students come up and do them. And then when we're getting closer to maybe having a test or a quiz or something, then we make teams and they have verb races. Um, some kids uh, love that. Some really hate that. But what I find is the ones who know it best love it. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> the ones okay. who need it the most don't love it. Um, I've also give the ones who don't know it as well, uh, kind of an easy, I work really hard to make it, um, non-embarrassing. Um, so there's a little bit of pressure there, but not so much that they, uh, you know, they freeze up. So I give them the option. Sometimes I give them the option to get help from their team, or I give them the option to go up to the board, tap the board and come right back without writing something. But it tells them, oh, wow, I really don't know this stuff. Hmm. Um, So So memorizing is absolutely necessary in learning any kind of world language. It 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 does not come naturally to some kids. And that's Mm -hmm. an important life lesson to learn too, that, okay, Memorization is hard for me, and there will be some things yeah. that I'll need to memorize mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. So, so, so when you choose curriculum, mm-hmm. you want to pick something that meets your kid's style a little bit. Mm-hmm. So if you want an immersion, like mm-hmm. it's all in that language, things like Rosetta Stone yeah. are good. My favorite French immersion one... Um, you can find online at YouTube. It's called French in Action, and there's a wonderful old textbook. It's an old, oh, yeah. like, Harvard or Yale course or okay. something. So you can take forever to get through it. Mm-hmm. But it, it that one also has grammar and, and really good vocabulary in it. But you get the whole, watch these videos that are all in French. Mm-hmm. I'm very glad you mentioned grammar, because that was one thing that I think we've all oh, seen yes. over the years, that um, one of the things that can be difficult in learning a world language in high school is that the grammar for the different languages <clears throat> is structured differently, but there are certain ideas from English grammar that you have to understand conceptually yes, right. in order to then learn. So how does that similar thing work in this language? You have to know what a preposition is mm-hmm. in English to be able to mm-hmm. understand it in another language. And the idea of subject-verb agreement is mm-hmm. important in every language, but whether you do that with an ending or whether you do it with an additional word added to the verb mm-hmm. or whatever, th- those kinds of things are not going to be easy for a kid who is really weak in English grammar. And um, while I have had some of my own children who were just very natural writers who just picked up grammar rules by simply reading things that were written Mm -hmm. well, and then I had others where we needed to break it out and memorize, again, sometimes Mm -hmm. memorize the grammar rules. Right. Um, 
and practice with you know worksheet drill kind of stuff some kids need that for grammar for others it's intuitive but when you're when you're coming into world language you've got to be able to identify things like prepositions and and know how to work with grammar because it's not going to be intuitive in, in the foreign language, even mm -hmm. if it is in the English. Yeah. The kids who are going on to college to take foreign languages there, they're going to need that grammar stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's good to know if your curriculum covers that. Mm -hmm. So some of the online things do not cover much grammar, and you need a textbook to supplement. And you might need a you know a teacher's guide if you don't know the language. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that's... Um, it's, it's all adaptable. The strange thing is, most kids have to have at least a year, usually two, on their transcripts to graduate high In school. In the same language, right? Right, mm -hmm. same language. Yep. Some colleges want to see three years in the same language. Same. Yeah. And then they don't require it at college level. Because so. you already did it. You did such a <laughs> yeah. good job. We don't need to teach you again. <laughs> so when my, when my oldest kids were in college, almost all colleges required a, a world language as part of the graduation requirements. But not all of them do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So the best way to know what to do on your kid's high school transcript to prepare for college is to check college websites and just find colleges in your local area or Christian colleges or private schools that you're really interested in and say, what are they looking for? But also, what, what will your kid face? And if they're going to take college-level world languages, they need to get that grammar in in high school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If, if they're not ever going to see it again and they just like logging hours, then do one of the online ones, and that's fine. Good stuff. Yep, Good Think, stuff. thinking about the goal. So yeah. when we're talking about world languages, we can also say that world literature is an important part of high school. Yes, and indeed. And so mm -hmm. is world history. Yeah. It's yeah. important that our kids do not graduate from high school thinking that everything that has ever been has happened here where they live and every person spoke the way that they speak. And What? You know? The whole world doesn't <laughs> revolve around the United States. What? <laughs> and it's not even flat. Can you imagine that? Oh, you mean, you mean people wow. live in other places and have other lives and other like things happen. Customs that have, have mm. histories of their own. And literature. Did you know that world history did not begin in 1776? I thought it did. See? Oh, I thought it yeah, was so we want our kids to be well rounded. We want them to be citizens of the world. Of the world. And so we uh, encourage you to take a global look at your kids' high school experience and make sure that you are equipping them to appreciate and to understand and to respect varying cultures and traditions of literature and to know where the people who founded this country came from and all of the many, 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 many years that came before them. Um, philosophy, even. Ideas, Ideas. that shaped nations. How about mm. that? And that in shaping nations helped shape the world. So mm -hmm. like Seven Sisters Homeschool.com's World History course, which is the history and philosophy of the Western world. Absolutely. And if you're looking for some fiction to bring alongside there, how about Seven Sisters World Literature? One year worth of literature study guides pulling from various countries all around the world. And they're useful and fun and adaptable to different levels of student needs and interests. Oh, but you know what they're not? Mm -hmm. They're not, not overkill, and they're no busy work. No busy mm -mm. work. Mm -mm. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah, visit the ebook store at sevensistershomeschool.com and check out our resources for world history and world literature. And we hope that you have enjoyed listening in as we discussed world languages. 
today. You will also find some blog posts on our site Indeed. that deal with the teaching of world language. And we hope that those will be a good resource and encourage you in your homeschool, high school adventures. Indeed. And if you liked what you heard here today, you could hop over to iTunes. iTunes. And what could you do once you got there? You could maybe leave a review or some stars, and that will help us be more visible to other homeschool high school parents. That would be so wonderful. We would greatly appreciate it. You can also check us out on our Facebook page. Indeed. We have lots of uh, fun conversation and resources to share there. And, um, yeah, Pinterest and, Twitter. yeah, all kinds of social media. Seven it's sisters. Kind of pervasive, yes. There we go. Yeah, Facebook, go. did you say? Yeah. Yeah, Facebook yeah. for sure. All right, so thank you for joining us. We're going to bring this episode to an end, and we're going to encourage you to tune in again for more fun with all things homeschool high school from the Homeschool, homeschool High school, school Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Indeed. Have a great week. Das Vidania.